listening to the Fantasy Shed On Air podcast. Everything you need to win your league. And now, your host, Rich Piazza. What's going on, everyone? And thanks for listening to the Fantasy Shed On Air podcast. I am Rich Piazza, publisher of FantasyShed.com. Find me on Twitter at RichBFantasy and at FantasyShed underscore com. If you are listening, you probably already know that this show is on all major podcasting apps. So please go and subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. While you're there, go and subscribe to the New York Sports Beat Podcast as well, especially for those in the New York area where we talk all things New York sports. All right, enough housekeeping. We're talking about the rookie fantasy impact for the quarterbacks today, and we'll start with the number one overall pick, in Trevor Lawrence. So Lawrence obviously goes to the Jags. New head coach, not too familiar with the NFL game. Is that going to be a good thing or a bad thing? Could be good because he may start off running a more college-based offense, which would benefit Trevor Lawrence. And it could be bad because he's going to have to adjust mid-game to the NFL style, which might take some adjusting to himself. So when you look at the Jags, you look at his weapons around him for Trevor Lawrence, you have a nice group of receivers and DJ Chark, Marvin Jones, very underrated, by the way, uh, LaVisca Chenault, um, who could be very fun in this offense as well. Colin Johnson has shown some nice flashes towards the end of last season. And of course, you have some more depth pieces like Philip Dorsett and such, if he even makes the team. But Marvin Jones... Um, a lot of hype is going around uh, DJ Chark and LaVisca Chenault and with good reason. But Marvin Jones is a guy for me that I think is going a little underrated and he's underrated for Trevor Lawrence as well. I think Lawrence, he's Jones is somebody that Lawrence can rely on um, and build that chemistry with early. The veteran uh, wide receiver who was very, very good um, even last year in the absence of Kenny Galladay in Detroit. So I look for Jones actually. I'm, I'm getting a little sidetracked. I'm talking about a receiver here, but I'm looking for Jones to actually have a better season than most the most expect. But more importantly, have a really good positive influence on uh, Trevor Lawrence and make him more of a viable fantasy asset as well. I'm not crazy about the tight ends. All right, we know how much rookie quarterbacks like to utilize the tight ends, uh, but Lawrence will have Tyler Eifert, and we'll see how much of an impact rookie Luke Farrell has. And do I dare even mention Tim Tebow? Well, I guess I just did, not expecting him to be anything. And maybe somebody else can emerge or they can bring in someone at some point before week one or during the season as well, I suppose. When you look at the running game, they already had James Robinson, who was great last season as an undrafted free agent. But then they go and draft Travis Etienne in the first round with pick number 25. Now, Urban Meyer said he plans to use Robinson and Carlos Hyde, who they also brought in a free agency, in tandem on the first and second downs while using Etienne on third downs. And it was also being reported that Etienne has taken almost all his training camp, early training camp, uh, rookie training camp, reps at wide receiver, which is very interesting. And that really doesn't tell me all that much. That's not going to say that much. I think that's just going to is how they plan on using him or how they say they plan on using him. But let me tell you something. That's not going to happen. And if it does, it won't be for long. Etienne is a far superior player in that group 
despite what Robinson did last season, over 1,000 yards, seven touchdowns, he had about 50 receptions, 350 yards, and another three touchdowns in the air. Um, and Etienne will emerge as the primary back at some point. I really don't understand or see how a team with as many holes as the Jags have use a first-round pick on a running back then use him primarily as a receiver. You could think back Le'Veon Bell, he can have that type of role, but Le'Veon Bell was also the primary ball carrier over there in Pittsburgh, and I think that's how Urban Meyer sees Etienne, where he might start off saying and doing what he says, right, with Robinson and Hyde, for even that matter, if you want to believe that. But in time, probably sooner rather than later, you're going to see Etienne on the field more in both the run and the pass game. So he's somebody, he's an asset, he's a weapon. He's very, very good in the pass game as it is. He's somebody that uh, Lawrence is going to rely on, um, and I think that's why he's getting a lot right now in the receiving game to build that receiving chemistry with Trevor Lawrence. Uh, but I do see Etienne as the primary ball carrier and uh, receiving uh, receiving back as the season goes on. But I'm not, I don't want to, you know, I'll mention all of this when we do the running back episode as well, but this is more focused on Trevor Lawrence, but this is a big piece of Lawrence's success. So his overall supporting cast is a pretty good one. It's not great. It's good. It's good. Fantasy, uh, currently have him ranked as QB12 for the upcoming season. Um, he's my highest-ranked rookie quarterback. He's going to start right away from week one. And his running ability also presents a nice low floor as well, or as I say, high floor, uh, as it does for most of these young quarterbacks. So you see the game is changing a little bit more, um, and it's really going in that direction with the quarterbacks that can move and use their feet um, as well. And Lawrence can certainly do that. So... I know there are other rookie quarterbacks, other quarterbacks that can run and use their legs, but Lawrence is somebody that he has that big arm and he could pass as well. So his running ability just further makes his floor that much better. So where can you expect to find him? Well, you could expect to find him in about the 12th, 13th round in regular drafts, uh, redraft leagues. You can expect to find him at um, the first round in rookie dynasty drafts and, of course, probably the number one overall pick in Superflex rookie uh, dynasty drafts. So that's where we can find Trevor Lawrence and where you should expect. And I think that probably stays pretty much the same throughout the summer. Uh, maybe uh, he moves a spot up or down depending on reports that we see, we hear and see from uh, Jacksonville camp. Uh, then we go to Zach Wilson, the number two overall pick of the New York Jets. And let me tell you, people are sleeping on Wilson and the rest of the Jets rookie players because it is the Jets. I get it. I'm a Jeff fan. I grew up a Jeff fan. I've seen this team. I know how they can typically destroy people and how rookie quarterbacks don't really succeed with the Jets. But this really isn't the Jets that we know, at least not in my opinion. And I'm going to just speak a little bit on behalf of the team right now and as a fan of the Jets and why it's different. 
for the first time in forever, we actually have a general manager that seems to know what he's doing, both in free agency, um, in the draft as well. Secondly, they just hired the number one available coach in the coaching carousel this offseason in Robert Sala, who brought over LaFleur from San Francisco. They're running this system, the San Francisco system. And I don't understand how so many people love Trey Sermon and Trey Lance, yet don't like Zach Wilson or Michael Carter. It's the same system. And Wilson will probably see more action early on. And guess what? A little secret for you. Wilson is currently better than Trey Lance. He's currently better. He's more NFL ready. And I'm getting a little sidetracked again as I rant about the Zach Wilson thing. But it frustrates me when you look at fantasy Twitter and social media. Everybody loves Trey Lance. Everybody loves Trey Sermon, but yet the Jets, Zach Wilson, who's drafted higher, isn't getting that type of love when he's going to see more action right away. He's currently a better quarterback than Trey Lance. I'm not saying he's a more talented quarterback. I'm not saying that he's going to end up being better than Trey Lance. I'm saying right now he is, and he's not... Which is fine, because he's not even being drafted right now. Zach Wilson's not being drafted. Trey Lance is. And I'm going to explain more of that as I get into Trey Lance next. So, I currently have Zach Wilson as QB24. As a QB2. Back-end QB2. He also gives you rushing ability. Not like Justin Fields. Not like Trevor Lawrence. And probably not like Trey Lance. But he did have 10 rushing touchdowns a season ago. So he, he can run. And he can run when it's needed. Those touchdowns are important. There's six points for fantasy, right? So Justin Fields is ranked higher. For me, assuming he starts because of, of Justin Fields' rushing ability. Because Wilson isn't at that level. But he can run. Don't let that go by. The 10 rushing touchdowns in college last season is huge. Those are plays that he can make here in the NFL as well. So right now, he's my QB 24. I'm going to touch a little bit more on him in a second as I discuss Trey Lance, who's the number three overall pick. And I knew, well, I thought I knew all along that Trey Lance was the pick for San Francisco, even before they traded up to number three. I don't think they had to trade up that high or that early. If Lance was their guy, but I can't fault a team for going and securing whoever they want. If they were in love with Lawrence, Wilson, and Lance, and they knew that one of them obviously would be there at three, so they made the move to three, I'm not going to fault them for that. I had mocked them drafting Trey Lance way back when they had the number 12th pick. Don't think Lance would have gotten to 12, though we'll never know. But I think they could have traded up without giving up so much, maybe to five or six or something like that. But Trey Lance, his upside is tremendous. He was my favorite quarterback in the class until around late November when Zach Wilson opened my eyes. And I couldn't take my eyes off of the Zach Wilson tape. I couldn't. 
But Lance is perfect for that San Francisco system. He would have been perfect for the Jets system too because it's the same system. I think it's a good idea that he sits a year. I don't think he's ready at this moment, but he can certainly find his way into the starting lineup if Garoppolo struggles and or gets hurt, which is always a possibility. And I think possibly what separated Zach Wilson and Trey Lance for the Jets is the fact that I think Lance does need to sit a year. I don't think Lance is NFL ready right now. And the Jets really don't have anybody for Lance to sit behind and learn from. San Francisco does. So Lance is currently at QB 30. And these rankings, when I'm talking about you know, rankings, especially right now here in May, they're bound to change between now and September, frequently. Especially if we find out that he is starting. If that's the case, he'll most likely be in the 12 to 15 range. But Lance is much better for Dynasty than a redraft for this season. Currently being picked in the 12th round in a redraft and late second round in rookie drafts. Right next to Zach Wilson in rookie drafts, which is absolutely crazy to me. Again, that Lance actually has an ADP in the redraft and Wilson does not. What? Again, Wilson will be starting from day one. And this is a redraft, guys, not Dynasty. Dynasty, they're going back to back. Redraft. So Lance has an ADP in redraft that Wilson doesn't. And Wilson will be starting day one. And compare the weapons each has. Kittle obviously blows anyone on the Jets away. Jets just don't have that type of talent. But Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, Richie James, and Mohamed Sanu are better than Corey Davis, Denzel Mims, Elijah Moore, Jameson Crowder, and Keelan Cole. Guess what? They aren't. So while you're taking Lance in the 12th and hoping, hoping for a Jimmy Garoppolo injury, I'll be using that pick on someone like Jared Cook or Blake Jarwin, even Tevin Coleman, even Denzel Mims, and getting production out of them and adding to my bench while getting Zach Wilson if I really wanted him in the last couple of rounds, if not the last round of the draft, with just as much upside and a clearer path to playing time for this season. It makes no sense to me. It really doesn't. Now, what for Jimmy G? The Patriots were obviously the most logical landing spot and the the most logical place that he could be traded to. Not anymore. They drafted Mac Jones in the first round, so Jimmy Garoppolo is not an option, at least not for the Patriots. So what happens to him? This guy knows that he's not here for he's not there in San Fran for the long term. He knows that. He knows that this is his final season in that uniform, most likely. So he's basically playing as an audition to other teams, whether it's through trade or whether he gets released. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there with him. Speaking of Mac Jones, perfect fit for New England. Mocked him there from the start, just as I did Lance to San Francisco. Yes, I know, I'm patting myself on the back. But then I started to shy away from that. And it had nothing to do with the Mac Jones rumors going to number three of San Fran, but because I thought someone like Minnesota or perhaps Carolina, even after trading for Darnold, would take him earlier. I just thought somebody would want to make a move up for Mac Jones. Even though I think 15 is a perfect spot for him, I think New England is a perfect spot for him. 
I thought somebody might make the move up. So I started to shy away in my later mocks of mocking um, Mac Jones to New England. But I think, it's, I think it's great. Now, aside from Lawrence, I think Jones might be the most NFL-ready of the rookie quarterbacks. And he should find his way in the starting lineup at some point during the season, if not to open the season. And like Wilson, he's not being drafted in typical 16-round redraft leagues. Third-round pick in rookie drafts, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with both of those. I'm okay with Jones not being drafted um, in a redraft. I understand that because the problems right now with Jones is the lack of weapons he has for him in New England. Yeah, they did a good job in free agency with Hunter Henry and Jonah Smith, the tight end, but their wide receivers are honestly just a bunch of jags, right? Just a guy. So I can understand that. Zach Wilson does have more weapons than Mac Jones. You can't argue that. And if you try to, you could just save your breath. So you could hold off on drafting Mac Jones. He'll be available on the waiver wire. If he ends up starting for New England, and we know that, and you know that prior to or during your draft, you want to draft him at one of your last picks as your backup quarterback. Crazy things have happened. I can't argue with there. It might be worth it. It might. It might be worth it. It's hard to go against what, you know, Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels do with their quarterbacks. All right, so now we get into the dynasty-only quarterbacks, right, with Kyle Trask, Davis Mills, Kellen Mond. We have no idea if any of these guys will ever actually play for the teams that drafted them. But Tampa Bay used a second-round pick on Trask, who is in a great situation over there. Great situation. He's able to learn and watch Tom Brady for a couple of seasons. So he is somebody I would have no problem drafting. In fact, I did in one spot in the late third or fourth round of rookie drafts. Someone you can stick on your taxi squad and hopefully have something in a few years. He's worth it. Second round pick is pretty good draft capital. I know they're the Super Bowl champs and don't have many holes and brought almost everybody back. So it's a smart pick, but they must have believed in him enough to use a second round pick. And I think it's great. Again, he gets to sit and learn from Tom Brady for a couple years. Davis Mills, eh. Houston did use their first pick on him. Not a first round pick. Their first pick that they had, which was in the third. And he could certainly see the field this season if Watson's traded or suspended or whatever the hell happens over there with him. Mills is not someone I'd get excited about. He's not someone I'm looking to adding on my dynasty team either. He'll be available on the waiver wire if that's the case. So you should leave him there as well. Obviously, redraft, he's not even touchable. Kellen Mond, interesting prospect. Does have some promise. Needs a lot of work, for sure. He needs a lot of work. He'll back up Kirk Cousins most likely, perhaps even take over him when they can get out of that contract. Draft capital, not too bad. It's in his favor a little bit. Selected in the third round, right? Tough to predict what happens there in a year or two down the line anyway. If Minnesota struggles and they're not a very good team, well, guess what? Then they'll be drafting the top half of the draft, and they might go with another quarterback as well. So someone like Mond uh, does have some upside. Somebody where if they are a a team that is competitive, where they're always picking in, in the teens, late teens, early 20s or whatnot, it might not be always available to go up and get one of the top quarterbacks in the draft. Mine would be somebody that they could actually probably stick in there, um, at least for a couple of years as well. So um, I do like Mon. I like the landing spot, and he'll probably get there as soon as he are able to uh, find a way out of the Kirk Cousins deal. So that's that's it. That's it for the rookie quarterbacks that 
we should be looking at, or at least having the back of our minds, obviously Trevor Lawrence is going to go higher than anybody else, as well he should. Zach Wilson not getting the love he should. He should be going higher. He should be at least being, he should at least have an ADP, like Trey Lance. Again, I've spoken of about that. I don't want to, I don't want to harp on that anymore, but Zach Wilson, in my opinion, is the number two. Um, and, oh, no, that's not it. I got to talk about Justin Fields. I have not talked about Justin Fields. Okay, so let me talk about Justin Fields. How did I miss him? Uh, Chicago traded up. Obviously, they went and they got their guy. They didn't think they'd be able to. I didn't think they'd be able to. That was a pretty high jump. I mean, I didn't think the, I didn't think Fields would last to number 11 anyway. So um, I think it was a great move for Chicago. He's somebody that they desperately needed, but they're still saying that Andy Dalton is their QB1 to start the season. And maybe he is. Should he be? Absolutely not. Will he be? Quite possibly. Because let me tell you why. If you're a team and you promise something to somebody, as supposedly they did, a free agent, a free agent like Andy Dalton. Now, I don't know how many other options Andy Dalton had at the time, but a free agent like Andy Dalton was told that he'd be the starting quarterback this this season for the Bears. He was told that, which is why he signed with them. So you don't want that reputation as a team, as a front office, as a team that's going to promise something to you during free agency and go against that. And these players, they talk and they see that. Now, is there a way around that? Of course. You start Andy Dalton week one and then Justin Fields thereafter. Or maybe it's not that early. Maybe he starts a couple games and Justin Fields that week. And then you can say, yeah, you were. You were. You were the quarterback one. But now what do you do if he actually plays well? Now, I don't think anybody really believes that he will. But he's got a he's got a receiver like Allen Robinson. It's a pretty good run game with David Montgomery. So he could, right? What if the Bears are 3-0 and under Andy Dalton and he's playing well? Seven touchdowns, one pick maybe. What do you do? Do you continue with him? Or do you go with Justin Fields? So they kind of put themselves in a corner by promising that he would be the QB1, and they're sticking to that right now. Now, I'm not drafting Andy Dalton, regardless. I would much rather draft Justin Fields, obviously, than Andy Dalton. And the industry is 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 backing that up. Fields is the second quarterback off the board in, in Dynasty Rookie ADP. He's going in the second round, obviously, after Trevor Lawrence. So the industry obviously expects or thinks that Justin Fields is going to be um, the second-best rookie quarterback down the line in this class. And maybe he is. I didn't have him ranked as such. I had him behind uh, the first three that actually went. Okay, I had him behind Lawrence, Wilson, Lance. But I have no, I have no problem if you think he will be. And again, he's somebody that his rushing ability it presents such a nice floor for fantasy purposes that I could definitely see that. He has probably the best rushing ability out of out of all of them, even probably ahead of Trevor Lawrence, in my opinion. So I can understand that because we're talking fantasy, we're talking points. And those running yards and running touchdowns are definitely very, very, uh, very valuable. So um, he is going at 2.4 right now in rookie drafts ADP. 
And when we're looking at regular redraft half PPR leagues, although that really doesn't matter when we're talking about quarterbacks, I'm pulling it up right now to see what his ADP is, if he even has one. I would imagine he would, just based on the hype. Um, yes, he does. He has. Uh, he is after Trey Lance. Again, the, tr- the Trey Lance love is out of control. Um, so Lance is going at 13.4. Fields is going at 14.1. All right, so he is he does have an ADP. He's going ahead of guys like Derek Carr and Cam Newton, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Daniel Jones, Jameis Winston. Um, so this is again, this is redraft. That's interesting to me. Uh that he's going ahead of that. Cause I would much rather in redraft have Daniel Jones, even Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ryan Fitzpatrick, excuse me. Jamison Winston, if we know he's the star, I'd much rather have him than Justin Fields. So I'm surprised again, although rookies always do get the love, right? Rookies always get the love. Everyone loves drafting rookies. And that's why sometimes the ADP is bloated. And especially in your home leagues, I mean, sometimes ADP is useless because in your home leagues, there's always going to be somebody that just falls in love with these rookie players and they're going to overdraft them very, very early. But I don't mind where he is going. Like I said, 15th round. Is that what I just said he was? 15th or 13th? 13th. Uh, 14th. Ah, there you go. I knew it was one of those. 14.1 uh, in redraft for Justin Fields. For somebody that might or might not start. Obviously, if you're starting, that's going to go up. I think everybody, everybody, including myself, believes that Justin Fields is going to be the starting quarterback sooner rather than later in Chicago. Right, so let me just go and pull up where uh, I have Justin Fields ranked personally. I left him off my notes, so shame on me for that. I don't know what happened there. Um, How could I forget Justin Fields? All right, so when we're talking about redraft purposes, I have Justin Fields at QB16. So I have him at QB16 right now which is the second highest ranked rookie behind Trevor Lawrence at 12. Um, I have him ahead of Baker Mayfield. No, yeah. I have him ahead of Matt Ryan, Carson Wentz, Jameson Winston, Daniel Jones. So I just went on and said I'd much rather have those guys than uh, Justin Fields. Um, And this is a case... First of all, you're only drafting these guys as either backups or if you're doing a quarterback by committee. Now, I'm basing my rankings. I would. I would if I would much rather if I'm looking for a backup quarterback, I would much rather have Daniel Jones um and Jameis Winston if he's the starter for New England, uh, New Orleans. Um maybe even Carson Wentz if he has a chemistry. I, Julio Jones is being rumored to possibly be going to Indy by the way. That's just a rumor. So if he does, though, that definitely helps Carson Wentz. But if I know that Fields is is going to be the starter, and I'm assuming based on my rankings that he will be by about week three. So I think if you give me 14 weeks of Justin Fields starting, I think that's I think ranking him 16 is is pretty good, which is why I do, which is why I have him there. And especially if I'm looking if I'm looking at quarterback by committee, or solely a backup quarterback. I would probably go with Daniel Jones. Despite of having him ranked uh, lower right now, I would probably go with him over uh, Justin Fields if I need that. Again, this is redraft. Obviously, this is not dynasty. 
Uh, but Fields does present that floor because of his running ability, um, which, like I said, all these new quarterbacks have. Lawrence, Wilson has it, Lance has it, uh, aside from Mac Jones, really, who is, I guess, a little athletic. He can move if he has to. Uh, you know, Kyle Trask, you know, he, he's pretty much a statue. But otherwise, everyone else can pretty much move, and that seems to be what these teams are going with, right? Jalen Hurts now in Philadelphia, all these quarterbacks that can move. Um, so we'll see. But, yeah, Justin Fields right now at QB 16 in redraft. And like I said, don't take these rankings uh, so seriously right now. Okay, this is May. We really don't start drafting until, what, July, August, preferably August, late August. But there are some that draft earlier. So things change. They change frequently. I like to update them. Even if it's a tweak here and there, I like to update them at least once a week until about mid-July, and then they're updated on probably daily as reports come out, okay? So, all right, that now wraps it up. I can't believe a Shame on me for missing him earlier, but that now we have Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, and I also mentioned some deeper dynasty quarterbacks with Kyle Trask, Davis Mills, and Kellen Mond. Over there, that is going to do it for this show. As I mentioned earlier, please subscribe to the show on your favorite podcasting app. We'll be having the rookie fantasy impact for running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends coming up very soon, plus so much more, including a team by team fantasy outlook as we start getting you ready for the fantasy season and for you to win your leagues. Until next time, as the cool kids say, peace. Thanks for listening to Fantasy Shed On Air. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at FantasyShed underscore com for information on upcoming episodes as we help guide you to a fantasy football championship.